Hello and welcome everyone joining us now. My name is Selena and I'm a part of the Let's Discuss A Course in Miracles team at the Foundation for Inner Peace. We're holding these Let's Discuss online webinars as an expression of our vision of extending love through the teachings of A Course in Miracles. Deborah is moderating the live chat and Audrey is in the background helping. Our webinar today is called Let's Discuss the F Word, Understanding Forgiveness in A Course in Miracles. I invite you to join me in prayer from chapter 15 of the text. Say then to your brother, I give you to the Holy Spirit as part of myself. I know that you will be released unless I want to use you to imprison myself. In the name of my freedom, I choose your release because I recognize that we will be released together. Now, it is my honor to introduce our speakers today. I'd like to begin with Diane Brooke Gusick. Diane Brooke Gusick was a high school English teacher when in 1979, she became a student of A Course in Miracles. Currently, Diane works with the Foundation for Inner Peace on the translation program. Emmanuel Rosenthal, an ordained interfaith minister, has been studying the course for almost 30 years. In addition to answering student questions, she shepherds the Foundation's Facebook group called Let's Discuss A Course in Miracles and is happily married to the Foundation's co-president, Robert Rosenthal, our Dr. Bob. And Laura Fenimore is a life coach, writer, and speaker, and on a mission to bring more love and peace to this unreal world. Laura found A Course in Miracles at one of her lowest times over three decades ago, and claims it as the central healing of her life. Laura is now on staff as the Foundation's Development Officer. Thank you all so much for being here today. So to get started with today's presentation, we'd like to begin with Diane Brooke Gusick, who will provide an overview of forgiveness. Welcome, Diane. Thank you, Selena, and hello. Many words used in A Course in Miracles correct distortions that were made in Christianity and in everyday life in the world. The word forgiveness is one of those words. And in A Course in Miracles, it, like all the others, has a completely different meaning. Worldly forgiveness, no matter what form it takes, makes the issue real and tries to fix the problem in the world. What does that mean? If somebody does something really cruel to you and you think forgiveness needs to be done, worldly forgiveness would say something actually happened take care of it. Either you turn the other cheek and you repress it, or you express it, or you tell it like it is. Somehow you feel like you are a victim, usually, sometimes a victimizer, of the world out there and that it actually happened. And then there's the adage in the world, forgive but never forget. A Course in Miracles does something different with that word. Forgiveness in A Course in Miracles actually says the problem never happened. 
Now, A Course in Miracles is absolutely not about denial. It is not about ignoring the problem. But it is saying that everything that happens is interpreted by your mind for a purpose. For a purpose. It's an important word. Forgiveness in the Course could be described as a three-step process, although in fairness it's not always sequential, and sometimes it is a process. The first step is you think there's a problem. You think there's someone who needs to be forgiven. The first step is knowing the problem out there is not the real problem. The real problem is in your mind, which has seen it and interpreted it through one of two thoughts. There are only two thoughts in the mind, no matter how interesting psychology makes, makes the two thoughts. It's either love or fear. It's either joining back to peace or separating back to guilt and fear. So number one, the problem is not the problem out there, it's in your mind. Second step is, I have a choice. Do I listen to the ego? In which case I wind up with some form of separation. Or I, do I listen to the voice for love, what the Course calls Jesus or the Holy Spirit, and somehow effect a healing? Most of the course is directed at this level. This is where the action takes place, in the mind. If you actually join the Holy Spirit, a shift happens through you, and that is the third step. Sometimes this process happens automatically. Very often it happens slowly. If you were to take it out to a broader context, A Course in Miracles is written on two levels. The first level says God, and only what is of God is real, and abstractly, we are all of God. The Course is not directed at that level because it's not what most of us really know. So it directs itself to a dualistic level, as if we and our brother actually exist. Now keep in mind, if only God is real, the fact that I think it's me and my brother means I think I left God, so I'm choosing to be guilty for the price of independence, and I become fearful. Forgiveness actually means if I listen to the Holy Spirit, if I go back to the mind and make that choice, I roll back my guilt and fear. And if I listen to the ego, I may wind up right, but I also wind up frightened and guilty. In A Course in Miracles, we forgive our brother for what he hasn't done. We've written him into our script to tell ourselves we could be a victim, and we can, as the author, unwrite him. Not necessarily inform, you take care of whatever you need to inform, but your mind has changed. The Bible tells you to love your neighbor, and A Course in Miracles tells you how to love your neighbor. Forgive him and come back to the fact that we really are one. Selena? Wow, Diane, thank you so much for that explanation. 
uh, I love that how and that's through forgiveness. So thank you for uh, sharing that with all of us. I want to invite all of our presenters, Emmanuel, Laura, and Diane, to share a forgiveness story uh, before we begin with questions. So let's begin with Emmanuel. Thank you, Selena. Um, I don't know about the other two presenters. I haven't heard their forgiveness stories, but I think it's likely they will be much more interesting and dramatic than the one I'm going to share. Um, I've had plenty of forgiveness opportunities in my life, um, but the one I want to share, I think is, while it's very simple, I find it instructive because it, uh, it taught me something. It did not involve someone who was very close to me. In fact, I barely knew her. This was in a previous work situation. And it was someone who was consulting with the company I worked at. And she just really irritated me. And my sense was that she was just causing more trouble than she was helping. And she would say things to, you know, people that I was close to and would hurt them and suggest things that seemed to complicate life. I mean, just on and on, just, you know, nothing huge. She didn't kill anybody. Um, but I was just really constantly irritated. Somebody would bring up her name and I'd go, oh, God. So. One evening I was reading my course and I read something to the effect of, you know, if you're having any kind of pain and at the moment I was having some physical pain, if you're having pain, then be sure that there's some place that you need forgiveness, someone you need to forgive. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. And I thought, you know, gee, I look kind of back through my life I've forgiven that person, that person, you know, just patting myself on the back. Yeah, I've done all the big forgiveness. And she popped into my mind. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I still have a grievance there. It's not a big one. It's not earth shattering, but I'm continuing to carry that grievance of that irritating person. So I thought, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to forgive her because I'm, I'm good at this. So I closed my eyes, took a breath, pictured her face and said, I forgive you. And I thought, no, I could, I could feel it that it didn't take, it didn't click. You know, it's like, no, I, I didn't. <laughs> I'm saying the words, but it's not working. Okay. All right. Try it again. Deep breath, peaceful place. Pictured her. I forgive you. No, I don't. <laughs> Doggone it. Let me get it. All right. Holy Spirit, please help me. I want to forgive. I think I want to forgive. Help me want to forgive. And I tried it again pictured her, I forgive you, it didn't work. I thought, all right, something's, something's off here. What, what is it? 
again, go to Holy Spirit, help me. <laughs> and I thought, I need to just express what I feel. I'd certainly never told her about it. I might have griped to a couple other people at work, but so in my mind, I just, as an old friend of mine used to say, let the, the black smoke roll. I just said every horrible, dark, ugly thing I could think of, things I would never say directly to a person. You know, I'm angry at you. You did this. You did that. You are such a blah, blah, blah. And I'm really pissed off. And, you know, you did this to this person and you did this to this person and you didn't help. And you're so whatever, kind of on and on for I don't know how many minutes. And I just kept going until I had vomited out everything that was in there in the darkness. It's like, okay, am I complete there? It's like, yeah, I don't think there's anything else I need to say. And again, this is all in my mind. <laughs> so I closed my eyes, took a deep breath, got peaceful. I pictured her face. And I said, I forgive you still makes me cry to think about it because I could feel that I had forgiven her. So as I said, this is a, this is a really tiny forgiveness story, but for me, it taught me so much that as, as Diane said so beautifully, the course is not asking us to deny. It's not asking us to deny what we think happened or how we feel about it. It just teaches us you know, how to forgive and see it as something from the past that didn't even happen. So that's my story that I'm offering just as an illustration of don't, don't deny your feelings trying to forgive. And it doesn't mean that you have to vomit them out on the other person. It doesn't even mean that you have to tell the other person. Maybe you do. Always, 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 always ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. You know, this is not a one-size-fits-all program. Um, you know, so get in touch with, you know, if it's someone in your life where there's a constant, you know, something going on, you may need to talk about it. But the important thing is don't deny your feelings, let them be, acknowledge them, thank them, and then you may be able to let them go. So I hope that's helpful for some people. It certainly has been helpful for me. Thank you, Selena. Perfect, Emmanuel. Thank you so much. People in the chat are expressing uh, that beautiful example and that the willingness to, to go there and see your feelings. That's lovely going to pass the baton to Miss Laura. Hi, I'm so grateful to be here. I'm really honored to be here. And I just want to say that before I share, I need to comment to Emmanuel that um, it was a beautiful story. And there's no measurement um, of the quality of our forgiveness stories. It's just that pernicious ego that just wants to like measure things up. But as somebody that is about to share a more dramatic story, according to the world, it doesn't matter. It's all worthy of forgiveness. So I just wanted to say that. 
course. So I want to begin by sharing something from chapter 27. Dream softly of your sinless brother who unites with you in holy innocence. And from this dream, the Lord of heaven will himself awaken his beloved son. Dream of your brother's kindnesses instead of dwelling in your dreams on his mistakes. Select his thoughtfulness to dream about instead of counting up the hurts he gave. Forgive him his illusions and give thanks to him for all the helpfulness he gave. And do not brush aside his many gifts because he is not perfect in your dreams. He represents his father whom you see as offering both life and death to you. So if it weren't for the power of forgiveness, I would not be here speaking to you. I found A Course in Miracles at a crossroads in my life. I was newly clean and sober through 12-step programs, and I was in my mid-20s. And while I was working on the steps, I could not find a way out of the massive resentment and hatred that I had towards my father. Nor could I find a way to not feel like a victim to all that my father had done to me and my seven other siblings. I went into foster care at age 11 because of my father's violent nature and what he did to me and all of my siblings. My father's sending one of us kids to the hospital or my mom was a constant weekly event. And in addition, in addition to threatening to kill us on a regular basis, his favorite line to say to his kids every day is, you kids, I'm gonna, I'm gonna crucify you like Christ was crucified. So as a child, I was massively traumatized to look at crucifixions. And when I did, I would wail because I was so afraid to be crucified. So of course, Jesus describes us in the course what the crucifixion symbolizes, which is to teach only love for that is what we are. But in my mind, my father had ruined my life and was there with no relief from the, and there was no, just no relief from this pain and self-hatred. I was raised Catholic and came out loving God, but it just made no sense to me that, that there was God, but how could this have happened to me? So now I know and believe in the perfection of it all. So I just wanted to inflict pain on myself and thought about how I would end my life. And here I was wanting a way out and my father was just living his life. So I kept hearing over and over again from people in 12-step and from consciousness groups back then that I had to forgive my father and to feel free. And it felt impossible because I believe that forgiving meant forgetting what had happened. And I also, and I also felt like it meant condoning his behavior and making my childhood okay. So this bitterness and contempt in actuality was just eating me up and I was the one that was suicidal. So my father continued his violent behavior and while I had no relationship with him from age 11 until his death, 
when I was in my early 30s. At his end, I did go see him. He was actually in a home and he was, he had Alzheimer's. And I had gone through so much to forgive him from the course's perspective, but I still needed to cry and scream at him. And even though he had Alzheimer's and was not really there, I know he was there because he wept when he listened to me. And so it was just this amazing experience that I think about a lot. I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to do that. So I learned through practicing that the, through practicing the course that it was important to forgive myself first, as it was my father and while and my father, and while it took me years to do it, it's never over. It's a daily practice and it's a daily process. And I say that it's an hourly process in my life because every moment that I attack someone in my thoughts, it's an opportunity for love and forgiveness. And so, and it's an opportunity to choose again. So A Course in Miracles broke me open when I heard that only love was real and learned that there was nothing to forgive because the world was not real. I felt home. I didn't understand what that meant but I realized the depth of it and needed to go there because my way was not working. It was through that those first years of practice that I found the foundation, met Judy, fell in love with her and the message of the course. And here I am three decades later, it was definitely home for me. So for those of you out there who are joining or listening to this webinar for the first time, or that you're gonna to listen to it later on and are confused or afraid that you'll never get what the course is trying to teach, or you'll never understand forgiveness, you're not alone. <laughs> We're all there with you. You're in good company here. There's, you know, there's just, it's complex, but it's really simple and you're really home here. So you don't have to be a theologian or a philosopher or the smartest person in the room to understand this incredible work. So it's just the ego calling you a fraud and it just loves to do that. So love is all that is real is a very simple con concept and all attack is projected guilt, another simple concept, which takes patience to practice as we personalities are just so enthralled in the ego's web. So I personally, again, wanna thank all of the newer students of the course to the Foundation for Inner Peace and let you know that I learned about the course in the late eighties. And while it has been a source of complete comfort and peace in my life, I still consider myself a beginner because for me being a beginner means that I'm committed to love and learning every day. And I have so much to learn and the Holy Spirit has so much to teach me and all of us. So it's through pain that I found this course. Pain is the messenger and pain is the part of the process that helps us all to correct our mistakes. And how could any of us see the Christ in another and not see it in ourselves? So I'm just so grateful that you're here and thank you so much. 
So now I want to turn it over to you, Miss Diane. Thank you so much, Laura. Beautiful touching story. And thank you, Emmanuel. Um, I think the thing that we all share with forgiveness for any experience we have with it is that incredible shift that takes place within, certainly within me, every time I have a forgiveness. When I came to this course, I had no idea what it was or that I was looking for it. And when I begun to understand what it was saying, was working it with people who weren't very threatening to me, like the mailman or maybe the toll taker when I was driving, I said out loud, I don't think I admitted it to anybody else, but I said out loud to myself, this is really good stuff, best psychology I ever came to, but I'm never forgiving my mother, my father, my husband, or my son. I mean, I wouldn't share that publicly. And I did the course for years, and I really practiced on people where I wasn't threatened. I had a very close relationship with my mother and a very challenging relationship with my mother. It's a universal story. My mother was critical, she happened to be a very beautiful woman and a very vain woman. And one of the favorite things that she would criticize, and she really meant it from the time I was a little girl till I was an adult woman was, what are you wearing? Fix your hair. Why are you going out looking like that? And every time she did it, I really felt inadequate and terrible about myself. And I railed at her and I fought her. And sometimes I was submissive and sometimes I didn't answer her, but I never ever worked the course on her. I would visit her twice a year. She lived in Florida. At that time I lived in New York. I was a grown woman. I had a family. I was teaching the course and I certainly didn't go down there to heal. And so one day I went, I was on my way to the pool and I went to tell my mother that I was going down to the pool and it was so strong, it was so many decades of pain, not dreadful pain, but it certainly psychological pain. Um, I remember exactly where it happened. I was on my way to her bedroom, so I hit the hall and she was coming out of the bedroom and she looked at me and I said, I'm going down to the pool and she said, you're going down to the pool dressed like that? And all of a sudden, I got it. I hadn't tried. I wasn't doing my three steps of forgiveness. It was this poor woman feels so inadequate that she never could believe that anything that was hers, me, her offspring, could be okay. And I remembered the course's adage, if it's not an extension of love, it's a call for love. And I looked at my mother and I started to laugh and it was an inclusive laugh. And of course she didn't understand it, but she got it and we laughed together. And from that moment until she died, she still criticized me, but we laughed. I never again got sucked back into that vortex. I was willing to let the veil be lifted and it changed my foundation, my strength, my, I, I had less guilt and fear. It was, it was a wonderful experience. Such powerful example from the three of you. 
many are chatting in about wow and wonderful wise women. So thank you for those examples and uh, examples of awareness and looking at what's in our mind. I'd like to go ahead and start with some questions. And I'd like to, again, let's, let's go with Emmanuel for this one. And here's the question that came in from Florian. What is it that shows you the last unforgiven spots of darkness remaining? And how do you exactly go about it? Wow, that's a great question. Um, really important question. Um, it goes beyond how do you forgive and to what I think is one of the important and sort of overlooked at times um, aspects of the course that for me it's all about the Holy Spirit and asking the Holy Spirit for help in everything and not just help me with this problem or help me with this issue, help me to forgive. Those are all important as well. The, the course promises that the Holy Spirit has the answer to any problem we think we have. <laughs> okay, that about covers it. Um, one of the things that I have done as part of my practice is asking the Holy Spirit to show me my dark places. Show me what's in my shadow. Show me where I need to grow. Show me where I need to forgive. Just constantly asking. And I, I try to start my day with that. Okay, Holy Spirit, here I am. I give you my mind. Please guide my thoughts, my words, my actions. Sometimes I add, <laughs> guide my emotions, which come from my thoughts. Um, But it's that willingness and a sense of self-honesty, I believe, that for me really kicked up my course practice a notch or two. Not just, okay, I'm forgiving when it comes up and I'm, you know, whatever. I, I really do want to return to oneness. Clearly, I'm not 100% because I woke up this morning seemingly in a body again. <laughs> Much to my regret at times. <laughs> Darn, still here. Um, but more and more, my goal really is to return to God and to oneness. And I can see how very far I have to go, even though I'm already home with God <laughs> within the dream. Um, Part of me still wants to be here. So for me, that's, I need to know where, where my guilt lies. Because as the Course teaches us over and over, you know, it says, um, guilt is the source of all pain. Now that can be emotional pain, that can be physical pain. It says all pain. I've had fibromyalgia for years. So, you know, I've experienced uh, bodily pain. Um, again, much to my shame. Oh, you must be a terrible course student if you've got that. Whatever, I don't care. <laughs> show me. Show me where my guilt is. Show me where I haven't forgiven. And a lot of that is where do I need to forgive myself? And 
And I got to warn you, if you do that, Holy Spirit will show you. <laughs> I've had moments of like, oh, why is this happening? It's like, well, you asked, <laughs> you know, you wanted to see, you know, where the darkness is inside you. You've opened up, you know, to have that shown. And there it is, you know. I had an ugly attack thought or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, and so I'm forgetting the word, wording of the question, but I think that speaks to that, you know, how do you, it, it's sort of like, how do you go deeper? And for me, that's at least at this point in my journey, that's how I'm going deeper. Um, and everyone in my world, uh, helps me with that. You know, all the people that I, I love are very happy to help me see, you know, where my shadow is, where I need to go deeper, you know, open up that dark place so that the light can get in there. And I'm grateful for that and grateful to the Holy Spirit. So that's probably going to be my answer to every question. <laughs> go to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Ask for help. Um, it, it's phenomenal to me how sometimes really, really detailed the help from Holy Spirit can be. I mean, I had uh, some really rough weeks a while back and I'd, I'd say, oh God, I really need some help. I'd open up the course and every time it was, um, your, your hope is, is not unfounded, you know, have hope. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you. You know, just really specific sometimes. So, so that's my pitch. Go to the Holy Spirit for everything. And if you're willing, ask him to show you where, where, you, where else you need to grow. Thank you. A great reminder of willingness. I'd like to give it to Diane. Um, I think another way that, that, that we look to see where our darkness is is we just notice what's going on in us in reaction to everyday life. You usually don't have to go more than 10 minutes before something pops up that you either could see differently or you're in genuine peace. But usually something comes up to the point where certainly in the beginning and sometimes on a bad day, you may not even want to do this. 24-7. It's exhausting to change the way you think, but you know that there is a way to change it. And when something comes up, every time you do it, you feel lighter. So. Excellent. Thank you so much, Diane, for that. It all line, seems to line up in the way that we all need it. So we can be um, sure of that for sure. Here's a question from Hettel. I have easily forgiven most people in my life. Then why is it that I cannot forgive two people who didn't even hurt me as bad? I'm gonna give that to Laura. Great, thank you, Selena. Uh, what, what I was saying before to uh, Emmanuel about the nature of the ego who wants to measure, measure, how big something needs to be before it is forgiven or needs to be forgiven. And it's a very interesting question that I can't forgive these two people. And, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. 
but yet my mind just wants to spin around these two people and be fixated on that. And, you know, I spent years, decades in therapy trying to figure out why I asked so many questions. Um, I have a very curious mind and I love that about myself, but I used it as a weapon. Um, and it's still, it's just, God, again, the ego is just, it's just relentless. And like I said, I love the fact that I have curiosity, but I also know that trying to figure things out, including the Course in, a course in Miracles, it's very simple. And we could spend, you know, decades trying to analyze every word so that we, you know, beat ourselves up, but that doesn't work. So I want to read something to the course, Heddle, to address this issue from the course. The world but demonstrates an ancient truth. You will believe that others do to you exactly what you think you did to them. But once deluded into blaming them, you will not see the cause of what they do because you want the guilt to rest on them. In gentle laughter, does the Holy Spirit perceive the cause and looks not to effects. He bids you bring each terrible effect to him that you may look together on its foolish cause and laugh with him a while. The secret of salvation is but this, that you are doing this unto yourself. The Holy Spirit will repeat this one inclusive lesson of deliverance until it has been learned. Whatever you hurt, whatever hurt you bring to him, he will make answer with this very simple truth. For this one answer takes away the cause of every form of sorrow and of pain. And you will understand that miracles reflect this simple statement. I have done this thing and it is this I would undo. So whatever it is that's being projected onto those two people, it's really an opportunity heddle to look within because it's, it's all projected guilt. It's, it's just whatever it is that they have done, that is, we're all one, so that's within you too. And it is an opportunity to forgive yourself. And through that, I believe there will be a lightened heart and an easing up because they are you and you are them. And there's one, there's one more thing that I wanna read from the teacher's manual. There is no one from, where, from, with, from whom a teacher of God cannot learn so there is no one whom he cannot teach. However, from a practical point of view, he cannot meet everyone, nor can everyone find him. Therefore, the plan includes very specific contacts to be made for each teacher of God. There are no accidents in salvation. Those who are to meet will meet because together, they have the potential for a holy relationship. They are ready for each other. So prayer is a way of asking for something. It's the medium of miracles. And I just wanna invite you to pray 
to see the truth in those two people and see the truth in yourself. Thanks for asking the question. Thanks for the answer. They are you and you are them. We're all one. So Diane, at the beginning, you gave an overview of forgiveness according to the course. We have a questioner, Donna, who would like for us to talk more about self-forgiveness. So I'm gonna go ahead and give that to you. It's, it's interesting because people usually learn this in stages. So you hear the theory and it takes a while to understand the theory and then you understand the theory and maybe you start to practice and then you start to practice and then you're, you know, then you're, then you're really swimming with the course. But one of the things that we do learn is that the person that we projected on out there, the person where we used to tell ourselves it's his fault that I'm unhappy. Once you really understand that he may be doing what he's doing, but it's not his fault. It's the decision I'm making in my mind. So I withdraw my projection onto him. I withdraw that guilt and fear that was in my mind from him. But the ego is a tricky little mind and it quickly takes that guilt and fear and it says, okay, you don't want to dump it out there, dump it on yourself. And so very often people who have projected in anger a lot as they start to use the course, start projecting inside. So one step is of course, just to be aware of that. I might say the opposite is so too. If you used to be a shrinking violet, as you start to do the course, one of the steps you may take is starting to recognize that you can get it out there and nothing happens, no one collapses, but you don't get rid of the guilt and fear unless you go back to the mind. But it's a big deal for people who have done a lot of unconscious projecting to start owning that and often what happens is they start projecting it onto themselves. And the ego is just delighted. It doesn't care whether you project it out or whether you project it in. Its life of guilt and sin continues. But the irony is we are ultimately, we don't see it every day, but we're ultimately all one mind. So I am as much a part of the sonship as anyone I might forgive out there. I think for me, absolutely one of the hardest things I had to learn with the course, and I think this is a universal hard to learn is, sometimes I just couldn't or sometimes can't do forgiveness. I just can't. Um, I used to take walks many years ago and I would, I'd be walking and huffing and I could hear myself thinking, it's my anger, I'll get rid of it when I want to. I absolutely forgot where I'm going with that. Um, in terms of dumping it onto yourself, there is no one but wholeness, even though we can't see it. And I am, oh, I do remember now, thank you. Um, I am as worthy of stepping back and seeing differently to release something I didn't do perfectly as is the next person. I could hear myself and still do sometimes 
no, you did it wrong and want to hold on to that because I've done the course, read the course for so many years, I should know better. Well, when I get frightened and my guilt and fear comes up, I don't know better. The process is not to deny that, to look at it, but the hard part is not to get guilty when you see you've made a mistake because mistakes are made to be corrected. It is not a sin. It just says I'm too afraid to go forward right now. And I may be ready in two minutes. I just wanna to add to that and just thank you, Diane, for saying that and saying that. I mean, Jesus is so loving. It just that, that expansion, that, that breath of, I might not be able to do it now but I recognize the fear and there's another opportunity. I mean, to me, it just, again, it's the opposite of what we, I was taught as a Catholic that if you, you're a sinner and you're going to hell. So it's the opposite. <laughs> and I just wanted to acknowledge that. Thank you. So good, both of you. Thank you. Wow. Tricky little ego, awareness certainly is key. So here's a question that came in from Victoria. Are we working off karma each time we forgive the person? Seems like some relationships keep needing forgiveness day after day. Emmanuel, what say you about this? Um. Well, of course, the course wouldn't say anything about karma. Um, and some people will say the course says there's no such thing as reincarnation. But if you read that section of the manual for teachers carefully, that's not what it's saying. It's saying there's no more meaning to many lifetimes in a body as there is one. Meaning, you know, this is an illusion. It's a dream. We're not really here. There's not really a lifetime here, you know. But since we are in the dream, within the dream, my personal belief is that I have been here many, 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 many times. Slow learner, as they say. I keep coming back. Um, so, so if you don't believe in reincarnation or karma, just you know, ignore what I'm saying. Um, but if you do, as the questioner does, um, I think the course is the perfect <laughs> antidote to, to karma. You know, what's, what's karma? Karma is about what happened in the past, you know, what bad things I did or whatever. And it's about forgiveness. So, so there you go. Forgiving the past, forgiving what we did in the past, forgiving what other people did in the past. That's, that's the course in a nutshell, I think. Um, but I think, um, I think what part of the question, the other part of the question, the second half was about forgiving someone over and over. All right. So, um, yes, indeed, <laughs> that is really true. And, um, so I have a couple things to say about that. One is that, of course, if somebody needs forgiving day after day, if an issue is coming up for us over and over, what a beautiful opportunity for us to take a look at. Well, where am I projecting? You know, 
what, you know, what's, what's my shadow side, what's my part in this, and working with the Holy Spirit to forgive. That uh, probably is obvious, but um, it doesn't explain the why that comes up over and over, but obviously if something's coming up over and over, um, there's, you know, something to be forgiven, something to be healed within my mind. Um, but I'd like to add something else that I think there's a lot of confusion I hear from people in the course community about this issue. There, it's, it's hard because it's not a black and white issue. There are times when we need to just hang in there and keep at it and keep forgiving and keep forgiving and keep working things out with this person who is annoying or is your your child or your spouse or your best friend or your boss or whatever you know those relationships where um stuff just keeps coming up i believe there's also a place for saying to oneself i'm in a relationship where the other person is unkind to me on a regular basis and again, this is not black and white. I can't say to you whether, you know, you need to just hang in there another 20 years and keep working on forgiveness. That might be the perfect thing. Or I think there's a place for saying the loving thing here is for me to take myself out of this equation, whether that's getting another job or taking some distance from the person, maybe getting a divorce. Um, I've had so many people say, oh, it's so hard because, you know, I'm in this relationship and my partner keeps, you know, being cruel to me or hitting me or, you know, even if it's just something small where it's clear that, okay, this sounds judgmental, but the other person is not doing their share of the relationship work. Here we are, good course students, we're really trying to look at our own issues and, and forgiving and taking it to the Holy Spirit and, and truly working it the best we can. And yet the problem keeps coming up. Maybe we try to express very carefully what the issue is, trying to speak to the partner about, you know, when you say this, this is how I feel. I didn't, you know, like to work this through, and they say, you are, you're so overly sensitive, or it's your fault because you did this or you did that, you know. And again, that might still be the relationship where you need to keep working it out, but that's for the Holy Spirit to decide. Um, I had a relationship for eight years that was just like that, which is why I feel so passionately about this. And I was very spiritual and I kept, okay, I'm, I'm gonna just keep loving this person. I'm gonna give her all the love I can. And at some point she's gonna realize what a beautiful person she is and, and it's all gonna work out and it'll be fine. And on the side, she'll probably be so grateful that I loved her enough that she could you know, do healing or whatever. Um, but nothing changed. It just continued day after day after day. Um, it was incredibly painful. You know, 
I'd hear the car in the driveway and I would be, oh God, did I leave anything left undone? Are there crumbs on the counter? Did I, you know, trying to make sure that, you know, I didn't do anything wrong so that I'm gonna get yelled at. Um, for me, that was a case where the loving thing for both of us was for me to say, I can't do this anymore. Um, we have the power of decision and choice. And maybe the best way to describe it is if I choose to stay in a relationship where someone is, I'll use the word abusive. Again, I know that's a judgment word, but <laughs> if you're in it, it's a good descriptor. If I choose to stay, I'm making a choice saying, this is what I deserve. And for me, that's part of what the course is speaking to when it talks about going to our darker places. What are our secret beliefs about ourselves? And for me, you know, it's not, you know, sometimes, okay, um, I get mad at someone because they're always late. And I have to realize, oh, I'm always late. Okay, I'm projecting that. I'm projecting anger or I'm projecting whatever. Sometimes it's that sort of thing. But sometimes the projection is a deep, deep, sometimes unknown inner belief of, I don't really deserve love or I deserve to be yelled at. And remember the course was brought to two psychologists. The course is not anti-psychology in any way, shape or form. Um, so for me, that's part of the deep inner work of what are my secret beliefs about myself? And that's where the Holy Spirit, when I ask, helps them to come to the surface so that I can see them and, and heal them. And for me, part of that is realizing, hmm, I no longer believe that I deserve to be mistreated, disrespected, abused, whatever. And the more I uncover those beliefs and let them out and heal them, interesting, the less I get those responses from the people in the outside world in, in my dream. I hope that makes sense. And I hope I haven't confused anybody. Um, if I have, feel free to write to me, emmanuel at acim.org. Um, as I said, I feel passionately about this, but I hear so many core students say, well, I'm just gonna hang in there and keep forgiving. And, and that, again, that may be the right thing for you. It may not, um, but <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Emmanuel. Thank you. So this next question, I know the three of you shared forgiveness stories at the beginning, but here's a question that comes in from Deborah, who asked, what has been your most difficult forgiveness situation? Laura, you sh shared such a powerful example. Is there anything you would like to say to expand on that or share another example? Yeah, I mean, just uh, my response to that is that 
people have been commenting and saying that self-love is so important and so um, powerful. And um, it kind of goes with what Emmanuel was just talking about, that I recognize that, that all abuse is abuse and that it's one thing to look out there and say, you know, my father abused me and my, my siblings and my mom and blah, blah, blah. But I have abused myself wickedly and really wickedly. And so recognizing that self-forgiveness is so important because um, I see the violence that I have done onto myself that was done to me. And again, it all was taught and trained and uncovering and recovering from that has been a process and a practice. And I just want to say that, you know, I didn't talk at all about my mom, but it took me years of work to forgive my mother. I didn't speak to my mother for years because I was full of rage for how she allowed us kids to stay with our father, how she abandoned me when I went into foster care. All of that was intense. My mother is 95 right now and she's dying in hospice. And my mother who was just so supportive of me in these last 20 years of my life. I mean, it took me years and decades to make peace with her. And, but I've been her primary caretaker just purely out of love and honor of her and respect because I came full circle. I saw what she went through and I have nothing but compassion for my mother at this point. But it's tricky because um, I had to say goodbye to her on Monday and um, I was in New York and I had to say goodbye to her because I was coming back here. And my mother, who does not usually impose guilt in her, <laughs> her final words to me were, how could you leave me? And it was just ironic. How ironic that after being there for seven weeks, you know, she, I know that my mother knows who I am not in her body form anymore, but she does know who I am. So what an opportunity for me to forgive myself and to forgive my mother for doing that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just an opportunity, again, the way that I process stuff is I write, I pray, and I ask. I ask for a corrected mind. I ask to see myself and my mother differently. I ask for a healing. And I ask every day to not be so attached to her body because I still am. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that I'm attached or attached to. And that's just the truth. So, you know, everything is an opportunity. And thank God that I have this forum and this foundation to remind me of what the truth is. So thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm going to uh, give it to Manuel. 
Um, I just wanted to add a coda to what I said previously, and thank you, Laura, that was really beautiful, um, that, that you can still forgive someone if you decide to take distance from them. I should have added that, you know, that in those cases where we decide it's an act of love for me to separate from this situation, you can still forgive the person from somewhere else, you just, but you're just choosing not to let them continue to hurt you. So that's all. I just wanted to add that. Thank you. So glad you did, Emmanuel. Thank you. Both you and Laura gave great examples about opportunities to continue to ask for, for help. Let's go ahead and um, let's take this question from Anne. Why is it such a challenge to be in a state of forgiveness all the time? <laughs> Diane, how can you help us out with that? Why not? Just piece of cake. Just read the course and be in a state of forgiveness. Uh, I've taught the course for a lot of years, and it, it, it's almost a pattern that a certain percentage of people come in and begin to understand what the course is saying. And they are so happy. This is the best thing that happened to them since ice cream. And they, uh, they love everybody. Hello, I love you. And they're absolutely in massive denial about genuine reactions that are going on. We are so identified with this body, with being a body, with carrying an umbrella when it rains, euphemistically. Um, we are so even more so attached to our psychological story, the patterns that we've carried around for eons on a most unconscious level. And, and one of the things about the course is it says it would like to teach us to make the unconscious conscious. On an unconscious level, we can't feel good about ourselves, no matter how good our exterior um, defenses are. We are, in coming to this world and dreaming ourselves into a body with various relationships, often some of which have hurt us in our mind, we have to be filled with a maybe not obvious guilt and fear. To be filled with guilt and fear, no matter how wonderful you look on the outside, means that you're filled with guilt and fear. Well, what of? Well, well at the at, at a psychological level, you might have guilts and fears about things in the world. Uh, I go to Emmanuel's story, someone is not treating you well, um, you feel fearful that they're going to hurt you again. And at some level, they feel guilty because at some level, they know they're doing it. This course is only against two things, increasing our guilt and fear and increasing the fear of somebody else. But at a whole other level, at the level of heaven, at the level of God, at the level of truth, we are, for the most part, not in touch with how guilty we feel 
at leaving God's heaven and dreaming this world, and we are absolutely terrified of God's revenge. Usually what that looks like is on a subtle level or not, we're terrified of something that could happen in the world. Um, so when you say, uh, why, why is it so difficult to remain uh, awake all of the time, we have enormous resistance. Um, I used to do a fun exercise. I, I can't get any feedback from the audience right now, but I've done it with lots of different groups and nobody has ever volunteered. I used to say, this is very special. We have a dispensation tonight only. Everyone who's come here to study this course can just rise up into heaven. You can't call home. You can't finish any unfinished business with anybody else. But at the end of this class, we rise into heaven. Are there any volunteers? I never got a one. Um, we have enormous resistance. And that's why, and I think for me, it's one of the words that kept me as a course student, why the course is so gentle. Be gentle with yourself, but be accountable. Be honest. Notice your reactions. Dear goodness, be willing to do one willing to see it differently a day. That would be huge. What is the Holy Spirit? What is Jesus? They are manifestations of the love of God. Unless you're a very advanced soul, you don't know what being the love of God is. Be gentle, be honest, step back into that love. And stepping back into that love means, at least for a moment, I put down my insistence that this go the way I want and I'm open to how I might heal my mind. And gently, the resistance disappears, and usually slowly. I'm just going to add something and just yeah, say that there's, I see in the chat, there's lots of questions and comments coming in. And I just want to invite people to the Course in Miracles Foundation for Inner Peace. Let's discuss the Course in Miracles. We're going to talk about that at the end. But just want to say that there is that Facebook group for all the people that are here that might have questions that don't get answered. Thanks you. Thank you so much, Laura, for that reminder. And love that, Diane. Addressing the resistance, it's so much out of our awareness. And also to reminder to be kind to ourselves. So very important. So I'm looking at the time. I know we are coming to a close soon. I would like to um, try to give a couple, couple more questions and maybe a quick recap of forgiveness as we have had a suggestion for that. Um, but let me just go to this next one. If you could each uh, just watch the time, um, maybe each take a couple of minutes. But here's a question that came in from Barbara. How do you forgive and love people like Trump, Emmanuel? <laughs> well, thanks a lot. <laughs> I have no clue. No, I'm kidding. Um, let's just agree that Trump could be a stand-in for anyone that we need to forgive. Um, the other one that comes up constantly, of course, is Hitler. Well, you can't, how could you forgive Hitler? Obviously, Hitler is just 
you know, beyond forgiveness. And the Course says that it's no harder to forgive one person than it is to forgive everyone. And yes, within the dream, it's difficult and the ego will give us all kinds of reasons why one person or the other, you know, it does not deserve our forgiveness. We just have to kind of buck up and realize nobody gets excluded. Everyone is one with God. Everyone is already still home with God. We're all in oneness with everyone, even people we don't like. Um, so there's, there's no special formula for those special people that are really, really, really hard for us to forgive, whoever they might be. Um, it's just doing the work. Sorry, that's, but it's a, it's a good question and it's a common one. We just have to, we just have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great answer. And a great chat came in um, that said, if Hitler is beyond forgiveness, we have not understood the course. <laughs> so thank you so much for that. We are all one. So here is a question from Corinne, Laura. I'll give it to you. How do I reconcile forgiveness practice with wanting to never be in contact with a person here in the dream? It's mm, a great question, Corinne. And it's something that we've been talking about all along, which is that, you know, if we're in situations that are abusive, Jesus is not saying stay in them. Actually, quite the opposite. <laughs> We are invited to extend love and forgive that person that may be our blood relative, but to potentially walk away. Um, I know for me personally, I had a sister who was mentally ill and um, borderline personality disorder and very, very abusive, took on the embodiment of my dad's rage. and. I didn't speak to her for the last five years of her life. I divorced her and I made it and it, and it just, it was the healthiest thing for me to do. It was self-preservation. So I had to forgive myself and forgive her. And on her deathbed, I asked to see her and she said no. And I had to forgive that because that was her choice. And, you know, I just know that sometimes walking away is the holiest healthiest, most loving thing that we can do. Thanks. Great answer. That's how we are guided. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. Simone questions this. What should one do when they can't access love for a very close family member, like love for a parent or a child? How to forgive this? Diane. I'll ask you. Somebody who's so close to you, the Course does say that there are no accidents and that our assignments are in front of us. So there could be no accident that you are in a family situation with someone so close that you can't access the love initially. Don't confuse also form with content. 
you don't have to want to spend time with someone form you don't have to necessarily want to spend time with someone in order to step back and ask how you might see them differently if you can really reduce everything to either a person is extending love or calling for love or if you can remember that the only thing you are ever saying is i see your holiness or what you're part of the sunship don't make me laugh that is the only conversation that is ever going on i see your holiness or you are not part of the sonship if you can remember that and gently notice those times that you choose to tell yourself that that person is not part of the sonship and then ask for help in forgiving yourself that you are so frightened in that moment that you are afraid to let god's love come in do not try to force yourself to love do not pretend well, you can pretend but it's just behavior and the course is not about behavior go back to your mind be gentle with yourself and know if you have a lifetime assignment you have a wonderful opportunity don't hurry mm. be patient thank you so much being patient we are doing our best I thank you all so much for this. It is just about time. And as we go out, I would just like to open the space and for any of our presenters to talk, just briefly summarize or give a step about forgiveness according to A Course in Miracles. At the beginning, Diane gave a beautiful overview of forgiveness. But if you would mind, if one of you or all of you would like to say something about forgiveness in the course. I'd like to just uh, read one of my favorite forgiveness quotes from the course. To forgive is to remember only the loving thoughts you gave in the past and those that were given you. Forgiveness is a selective remembering based not on your selection. And another one is to forgive is to overlook. So it's just, it's doesn't cover it all, but I, I love that. It's all about what we choose to remember. Thanks. Thank you. Diane. Um, helpful to me is to ask myself, what is my purpose? And sometimes I'm embarrassed. I can see that my purpose isn't a nice one. And that's okay too. Noticing that helps me release it. So what is my purpose helps a lot. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's great. I really like that. Um, I just want to say that this is a prayer that I go to often. Um, I must have decided wrongly because I am not at peace. I made the decision myself, but I can also decide otherwise. I want to decide otherwise because I want to be at peace. I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I will let him. I choose to let him by allowing to decide for God for me. So this course doesn't suggest that we deny the world. 
Rather, it, it really invites us to remember the truth. And the truth is, is that we all are love. And I just really appreciate all of my co-panelists. Oh my God, I love you guys. And Selena, thank you so much. Deborah and Audrey. Oh, thank you all so much, Emmanuel, Laura, Diane, and the entire team. And I'd like to thank our audience today for joining us. And for those of you who are on social media, please note our social media links in the chat, including our Facebook group called Let's Discuss A Course in Miracles to continue this conversation on forgiveness. Also, we are so excited to announce Miracle Voices, and this is a new podcast series on forgiveness. It's a podcast hosted by Judith Scutch Whitson and course student Matt McCade. So listen to the first four podcasts, I believe, could still be three, but almost four podcasts at miraclevoices.org. We are going to put that URL in the chat. We'll be adding new podcasts each month and look forward to having you as a listener. For those of you who use Amazon.com, you can support the foundation by signing up for Amazon Smile. In this way, a portion of your purchase is automatically donated to the Foundation for Inner Peace, and we thank you for the, your support. We appreciate all of your generous donations and contributions to the Foundation for Inner Peace, and we honor your presence here. Thank you again. Our next Let's Discuss ACIM webinar will be announced for April. Take good care and blessings. <laughs>